but I think our job is to be that caddy, the golf yeah. caddy. And we've been around the course a few times and we know that there's traps and there's hazards. And when you're in this situation, you should swing up or swing down or use this tool. And that's, and awesome. that's really our job is to walk somebody through. But in the end, they're the ones that are buying the house and living in that house. And they're still the ones swinging the club. We just yeah. have to give them all the best information we can. And they're going to make the best decision they can at that time. Welcome to Real Sask, a podcast about the real estate in Saskatchewan with your host, Atif. Welcome to Real Sask, a podcast where I get together with professionals and discuss the real estate trends in Saskatchewan. I'm your host, Atif, and today we have our guest speaker, Bryn from Coldwell Banker, local realty from Regina. Thank you for joining us today, Bryn. Thanks for having me. Great. Awesome. Okay. So I just want to know how did you like, you know, started in real estate? Well, kind of a long story, but I'll give you the, the Coles notes is after university, I, I worked for a consulting firm in town and we did some IT and some business consulting stuff. And I was really into it, but the business made a change. A bunch of us all got laid off and I was kind of looking for work and I ended up buying a business. I was into subscription-based businesses. Like you see these boxes that come in the mail or subscription stuff. I was really intrigued by that because you had a customer every month, right? And so I didn't want to open up a coffee shop or something. So I actually bought a milk delivery business of all things. Awesome. And people, so I was a milkman for a while. <laughs> and uh, I had the business for about 10 years, but a couple of years in, the market changed here. And I ended up, I was buying a house and giving my realtor the keys and he was helping me sell it. And we flipped some houses and because I was done delivering milk by noon every day. So it was just kind of uh-huh. like, well, let's, what am I doing the rest of the day? Yeah. So I worked with an agent in town. He's still at it. His name's Jim Christie. He's at JC Realty and he was oh, my awesome. realtor. Yeah. And I ended up going where he was working at Royal Page. And because I, we were doing quite a bit of it, and I said, geez, I could probably do this. The hours are better than, <laughs> than four in the morning and delivering milk. And, and my goal all along was just to get a license. So maybe someday I could retire at the lake and sell some houses and cabins at the lake and keep doing what I was doing. <laughs> it was always going at it from an entrepreneur's perspective than as a real estate perspective. I hesitated at first because I didn't want to put my name on a, my face on a bus bench and, and do the traditional advertising. And it was a little bit more, didn't want to have the ego that stereotypical agents <laughs> have. I guess. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I tried to go about it differently and, and uh, I guess found my way through that, I guess. But eventually it got in in 2008. So that's been about 15 years now. 15 yeah. years. That's awesome. When you started in 2008, was it really busy when you started? Yeah, for years, Regina's market was very flat. Like you buy a house for 60000 in Glencairn or even go into a bus can of you and it'd be like 200000 I remember oh, wow. the first like $200,000 house or $400,000 house there was just unbelievable, right? But in 08, everything really changed. And it was almost a big correction to yeah. match the rest of Canada. And you could buy a house in March for 100000 and sell it for 145000 Yeah, You know, like it was moving so fast. And, and just like we've seen in some spring markets recently, um, they got to the point, it was like, look, the house went up on the market Monday. We're going to allow showings until Friday and look at offers Sunday. You know, yeah, that's um, kind of thing. And, yeah. And insane. so it was a lot of blind bidding and stuff you're seeing in Toronto and no conditions and stuff. So, and then it kind of flattened out. And we saw growth until 2013. And then that was kind of the peak. And then it's uh, kind of yeah. correcting itself back to that, maybe. Yeah. That's when really I bought crazy my first Yeah. That's when I bought my first house, too. I still remember it was like 2019. And I can't even remember yeah. her name, but 
she took me to the house. She's like, this is the house. I'm like, yeah, can I see it inside? She's like, I'm telling you by the time you get inside, you just write an offer. I'm like, okay, can I just walk in and see? <laughs> I'm buying this, like, I'm just 21 years old buying my first house. Like, I want to see it. She's like, she's like, okay, but you got to be quick. So we were going in. And while we were going in, we had seven or eight people just walked out and there was like three people were interested. I'm like, okay, no, let's put an offer because I love the house. I love the place. Yeah. And that was my first house in 2009. And you're right. Like it was just a time that, yeah, like, you know, it got, the house goes on market in the morning and then the afternoon is sold. Right. Yeah. We had that situation. Same thing as you've seen, like now is different. Now we are slowing down because of the rate and everything else. But we had the market. Yeah. It was busy for the last couple of years. Right. One of the things I've been noticing, though, like, when did you start Banker, a local realty in Saskatchewan? Yeah, it was in October of 21. So I, we started fresh and just over a year now, a year and three months, I guess. And we started with one agent, myself. And, I was uh, say that. But I knew there was a need for another office in town. Yes. There's a few boutiques in town and there's some really great boutiques. Yeah. So I knew when I left, I wanted to start another franchise office. There's always been Remax and Century 21 and Royal Page and stuff in town. And there were some agents moving around. I just felt if there was another option, there might be an opportunity to add some realtors. And if an agent wanted to work with a boutique, there's lots of great ones in town anyway. You know, yeah. so I'd be eating. So, and there was a Coldwell Banker here for years. I think it's been about 20 years since it's been gone. I think Patty Eva had it. And so I think it was kind of time for it to come back. It's a big brand. They just rebranded and kind of have a new modern look. And they're out of the US, but they have quite a few. Canadian offices and they just established Colo Banker Canada as its own yeah. entity and they're yeah. growing that. So um, we're excited just to be a part of it. I think it's just the right time and the right place. And the reason I asked Coldwell, you started like September 2021 and we had the busiest time. And how many agents do you have now? Brittany just joined us today. That's number 28. So, oh my God. Uh, that is zero insane. To yeah. Good. Yeah. The, the reason I asked because the time you started, that was one of like the busiest season we had. Yeah. And you were able yeah. to like start with one and then all the way to 28 in like what year and couple months. Good for you. That is awesome. Yeah, I don't know how thanks. you managed because I went through the same process a couple months ago. I started the brokerage, but I'm telling you that was like, <laughs> oh, that was a lot of work. <laughs> I guess it was always part of the plan and that's why I wanted to do a brokerage. I just wanted to build something and establish something, but also part of the plan with my personal life and my wife and we have an eight-year-old was just to try and balance it all out. So I wasn't working every night and every weekend and help clients. And, and I love that part of it, but it was, how do I balance it out a little bit and have something that's maybe more sustainable long-term and where I can be helping others and managing and maybe doing it from everything we do is paper-based and cloud-based and yeah. and we can uh, manage from a distance if we can. And, and so that's, it gives me a lot more flexibility. Yeah, yeah, but are you taking the evening or weekend off right now though? <laughs> My wife at the same time has taken a new role at work and she's been traveling a lot. And, and okay. she probably got about eight or nine weeks last year. And we said, geez, we wouldn't have been able to do this uh, in, awesome. in the way I used to work. So I have been able to, maybe it's a little bit crazy still, but yeah. once we get leveled out, I think it's going to be a little bit more nine to five kind of thing. And But it gives me the opportunity to still work with clients. It's still That's a big reason I enjoy doing this. That's awesome. And actually, I know you personally and CSC, like we had our first meeting and it was like time flew by. We looked at it like, it was, like three yeah. hours, of, like we're just sitting and chatting. Right. And I know why people are joining you because again, you're different. You're there. Like even for me too, like every time I called you answer my call, like you're there for this podcast. So you're like, let's do it. Right. But let's just say if I'm a realtor starting, right. Or like sitting in another team and we're not saying anything bad about anybody else, <laughs> but why would they join Coldwell Banker Realty? 
I think the brand is up and coming in Canada. I think they're growing. Yes. And some have really taken advantage of that and used that on their social media. And yes. It's a nice looking brand, first of all. Um, and it's a great company. But I think more than anything, I think with technology, things have changed with brokerages. I, even when I started, it was the brokerage would do a lot of advertising. There wasn't email. There wasn't anything on your phone. It wasn't electronic signatures and Dropbox. And so we spent a lot of time at the office. And when you advertise, like the brokerages would have big ads in the in the full page of the paper in the leader post, and and then the agents would put like a little couple of their houses, and and so you're really reliant on the brokerage when you back in the day. And so as technology came in, a lot of that stuff went away, and brokerages haven't been able to figure out where they provide value other than having a building and having staff for convincing and administration of paperwork and stuff. So I think we're all trying to figure out that gap. But the idea was if we can kind of rewind the clock a little bit and go backwards and be a little bit more cooperative and work with agents and, and even our fee structure. And we're doing some really unique things. We're doing a profit share. We're doing a pension plan. We're That's doing awesome. a lot of things where wow. where maybe brokerages got away from yeah. and agents want to be appreciated and they want to feel like they're part of the company and that yeah. they have some say on the future. And even our year-end meeting, we had an AGM with our owners really right and saying hey this is where we made money last year and this is what our plans are for next year and and so i I hope everybody feels like it's their business because it really is and as we bring on new agents they're excited about it because everyone we're bringing on has been so unique and fitting a different piece of the puzzle we've got a really great farm agent and good experienced commercial agents now and so everyone's been able to work together and we're trying to just fill the pieces and, and everyone enjoys the atmosphere and we have two regular meetings every week one is for we call it CB Basics. It's just yeah. our mostly new agents, but it's also people that just want to kind of kickstart their business again and are asking questions or new to the brand and want to figure out where all the tools are. And there are other meetings, just a regular everyone in the office meeting. And we've had to rent an additional space downstairs to host everybody and bring in coffee. And every week we bring in either a guest speaker or we're diving into something. And, That's and awesome. uh, But my goal is never to um, bring in somebody to sell them yeah. and feel like they're being sold to all the time. And here's my staging company or something and this is our fees and what we do i want them to come in and say hey here's some quick tips on what you can do to property to get to make it look nice before you do photos right like i want them to be able to learn something everyone's been able they want to be at those meetings and they're learning and trying to make it so they everyone's busy and has kids that they can join from a distance if they want online And, and so we're trying to do what we can to provide value and make them feel like it's their company and that they're part of something and we're collaborating and helping each other out and so people awesome. are enjoying it so far. So yeah. it's probably a, a big piece of it. And especially they have you, right? Which is a, the, having the best. For me, I personally, as an after meeting, I realized that your support is going to be amazing support. And since that, I've been seeing people joining you. There has to be a reason why they're leaving different brand and coming to you. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. Especially yeah. knowing that you have something for the new agent training going on every week. That is the biggest thing, right? Again, I'm not an agent, so I don't know. But like, if I was starting as an agent, like I would love to have that because usually you don't find that out mm-hmm. there. Right? And if your brokerage is giving that to you, I would love mm-hmm. to have that. Well, um, and everything changes so much. Sometimes I'm learning more from them than, yes. than I am. Uh, <laughs> when I, it's only 15 years ago, we didn't have social media or nothing. So yes. it's all changed. You know, there's agents that start on social media and that's how they grow their brand. Or there's some that are, you can buy leads and stuff from different websites and have the right Google everything so that you're chasing leads that might not have met you and where I grew my business on referral. And it was always, you work with one couple and then their brother calls you and that couple separates and wants to buy a bigger house or or whatever it is, right? So over time, it's always just been slowly growing by referral work. So some of the new agents that don't have that database, they're like, well, how do I grow? And we're learning it together because I think you have a couple options now. 
Yeah, I didn't have, but not everybody's comfortable with putting themselves on social media or dealing with cold leads. And so it all depends. But our biggest thing is having them focused on a segment. Yeah. I'm a big believer that it's hard to be everything to everybody. But if you're a hockey mom, focus on hockey and find your circle there, right? Or if you're a farm agent or a certain neighborhood agent, like own that neighborhood. Yeah. You just want to find your own market and something that you love doing, right? I hate videos. <laughs> I just don't yeah. like making videos. Every time I try, we have a company who does videos like every two, three months. And I'm telling you, when I'm doing videos with them, I'll book the whole day because I'm just sweating. And I'm just like, I can't do it. I'm blacking yeah. out. I don't know what to say. And you're so right. So then focus on where you're good at, right? That's what, you're yeah. On, on yeah. audio and podcasts and yeah, and that's find what your, I mean. Finding where your niche is. Yeah, niches, that's yeah. Great. That's what I started doing. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put so much time into something that I'm not. Like, I'm just going to focus on what something I am. Like, and you're right. Like, so when I started the same thing, I never looked at online lead generation. I never looked at social media. I was like, okay, you're doing a mortgage for one person. You do such a good job that they'll go around and tell like 10 people, right? And then now you find people or like now you find realtors or mortgage brokers. They're so much into social media. They're not realizing how important that part is where you making sure you are there for your clients, but they're just running for the next lead or they're trying to find online, but not focusing on your own clients, what you have or what, like, you know, how many good things you have done for your past clients, like talk to them, ask them for your like business, right? And once they send you business, I personally think that's probably the best lead you can get. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Imagine, imagine starting a business relationship where you already have somebody in common that you've already worked with, the level of trust. And you can just even the small talk, like, oh, yeah, have you talked to John recently yes. or whatever, right? Yeah. And it, it's just starting on a much better foot. And that's what I, we say in this business, like good living. You yes. really, to do 20 houses, 25 houses, and help 25 families is a great year, oh, you know? That's a good and, year. And so I think when new agents start, they're like, how do I do 100? You don't know. I, <laughs> you, you do 25, and 25 yeah. is two a month. And, yeah. and two a month is finding one client and they probably might be buying and selling. There's two, right? Oh, well, and, and they're going to introduce you to one person and all of a sudden you're doing 12 or 24 and a year and that's a great start. And then next year it gets a lot easier. And then what happens after year five or six is those people you sold to that first year call you because they want a bigger house and they've got a baby or they're moving for work or whatever. And all yeah. of a sudden they start to come a little bit easier. And you don't need to do a hundred. You need to start. <laughs> but at, how can I be like you? Month. In my second uh, month, how can I be like you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's 14 you know years of hard work. It, it'll take some time, but trust me, you will be there if yeah. you follow the right path. Right? Well, and when I go, I even showed them my client list for the year. I said, here's who, here's who I helped this year. And I said, I met them in 2008. This is their third house they bought. And That's that guy awesome. is the brother of this other person. And his parents have helped. And so, you know, sometimes the phone just rings because you already have that circle, I guess, right? Yeah. And we're, we're lucky we're a small city of, there's only 400 agents in town, right? So yeah. there's room to not have to worry about competing and, oh, yes. and you just build your niche and your circle. And, and the best part is you can decide who you want to work with then instead of trying to advertise to the masses. So Yeah. And plus, like, again, it's the biggest compliment you can have right now. As you said, they're sending it to a family member or they're buying a second and third. Yeah. That means you've done something right. <laughs> so if you do yeah. that for four years or like five, fifth year, you're right. The fifth year is when you see things are yeah. getting a little better. Your own clients are telling other people to come to you. So it does take a little longer time, right? But you've been doing it for so long, Brent, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you think was going to happen yeah. this year with the real estate market? Every year has been so different. Yes. Last couple of years with COVID and everything, we're like, what is going to happen next year? And traditionally, Regina's got a very cyclical market. Like it goes yes. in 
every year is almost the same. Like every used to be every spring would get really busy until about July one. Then we get quiet and then you get a little bump in the fall. Everyone wants to be in before school starts and then they want to be in before Christmas. So, but you'd still sell houses at Christmas, but not as much as you would in February. Yeah. And every year that's been getting earlier and earlier. And mm-hmm. two years during COVID, I was really surprised it was February or January 2nd, the phone starts ringing. And it's, oh, yes. those, yeah. it's uh, hey, uh, uh, we got engaged last year. We want to buy at yeah. Christmas. We want to buy a house this year. Or, hey, I just want to sell this condo this year. And I thought yeah. I'd reach out. And it was, I couldn't believe it. It was like as soon as January 2nd, the holidays are done. People were messaging in this year. I had five between Christmas and New Year's this year. So it's getting even earlier where people wow. are like, hey, let's meet for a coffee. I'm on holidays. I just want to see what's going on. So I think that activity is there. Okay. I think people are still concerned about the interest rates. I think there's some confidence that it's going to level out, um, out yeah. which is what we, you and I were talking about that. And I think we'll see that we'll know more in some of the announcements coming up. I think people are like, okay, this is the new normal. What's my new budget? And I think some housing prices have corrected themselves. But I'm a little bit worried about inventory. I think we see those living in the $300,000 houses aren't going to the five or 600000 houses yeah. like they wanted to. They're just holding off a little bit because yeah. they're still in a cheap mortgage and now they're going to go, they don't want to double what they're paying for that money to go higher. And so I think we'll see, at least for the next year or two, some people hesitate to move up. And then that affects what's available to the people trying to get in. But I think we'll see some people take advantage of porting mortgages, mm-hmm. um, maybe even assuming mortgages that uh, they're not, there's a lot of fine print to that stuff, but I could see how some of those tools could help open up some inventory and allow people to take that mortgage that's cheap with them to the $500,000 house. Or yeah. there's a lot of rules on how yeah. that works, but if they have the cash and the, the equity and there might be ways to do some of that stuff where that might help us. And I think as people get used to these numbers and it will be really interesting. So I think we're going to be busy. I hope we're as busy as we've been, but I think it's going to be quieter. Yeah. So harder to find some houses. Yeah. yeah, And what I've been seeing in the market too now, actually it's picking up for myself. It it was slowed down before Christmas for like a couple of weeks, but now it has picked up again. And what I've been seeing, because yes, you're right, like interest rate. So fix has been dropping for past, I would say like two weeks when variable is still going higher, right? Like it's still going to go up. Like that's what they're saying. And it looks like it's going to go up a couple more times. But again, I don't have a crystal ball, but that's what I've been hearing or news or all the economists that I've been listening to. But they're saying fix will drop a little bit more. So you're right. We're not going to have that rate between 2 to 3% what we had before. And we were lucky. I don't think that's going to happen again. But usually the rate was between 3 to 4% for so long, right? And that's what it's supposed to be. So I think even if the rates are going to drop a little bit more, I think we're going to see markets getting busier again. And inventory side, as you see, like it's not that much anymore, right? I know it's not that busy, but people are holding on to the houses now too. So we don't have that many listing as we were before, like three years ago, four years ago, right? So yeah. it'll be different. I, I would love to see like, you know, it's getting busier again for people, but like it's people not liking the power they were getting like two or 3% interest rate for a couple of years. Now they're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to get like four to 5%. But you, as you say right there, budget. Do your budgeting, get something for yourself, right? Instead of holding it, because how long are you going to hold it? We don't know what's going to happen, right? But I personally yeah. think so too, it's going to be busy for Regina. So, what's interesting too, is we're seeing a, a lot of um, buyers for some investment properties coming yes. up out of the woodwork a little bit. There's some that have come on the market as repossessions. Some listings are coming out that are owned by the bank. I think there was just a few years, a couple of years ago, just landlords were struggling because rents were dropping and yeah. then these interest rates changed and so I think some of those have been given back to the bank, unfortunately. Yes. But now they're they're coming back at a point where 
there's not a lot of inventory and rents are high again. And so yeah. all of a sudden they can be a little bit attractive for some investors and, investors, and the prices yeah. are down. And so we're seeing that some cash offers on some low priced rental units, rental which is really interesting. Yeah. But if you look at like Ontario or BC, like seriously, you can just sell your house and you can buy three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy three in Regina. It's just, yes, you you don't have that big city life or busy. Like, I, I don't even know. I can't yeah. live there. My family's in Ontario, but yeah, I go there for the weekend and I'm like, this is it. I can't <laughs> take it more than that. Yeah. Right? Well, we get some calling because they must have sold or they have equity yes. or something and they, yeah. they want to buy two or three houses in Regina. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to come here and see them because they're, they might not be on the right block that you think they are. Or, <laughs> yeah. And there's some beautiful homes here. It's just yeah. a matter of knowing which ones are Location. rich and which ones are, have oh. been rental problems. Yeah, especially location is everything. If you know the location, I have my own couple of rental property and I can like seriously with my properties, like I've never had a month where it was vacant, right? So yeah. but again, you're right. Location, right? You just have to know where they are, like if it's worth it buying it and you want to come down and see it. If you're buying a couple of them, you better come down and see. It. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think from Regina to Toronto, I think it's like three hours flight, two and a half, three. So yeah. it's not yeah. too far, right? So from you opening a Coldwell yeah. Bank guilty, and then you have like 28 agents now, Bryn. Yeah. So what's next for you? The goal was always 30. It just happened a lot. 30? Okay. So <laughs> didn't even take never, you two years. <laughs> I never thought it would be a mega brokerage with like some brokerages in the province of 120 people. And yeah. that's just a different animal. And maybe we'll get there someday if it makes sense. But yeah. I think we're just at that point now. I'd be like, okay, now let's step on the gas a little bit and see. We have some great agents. Let's put them to work and make yeah. an impact in the community. And we've got some programs we want to roll out this year in terms of how we're helping the community. And that's always been one of our pillars. Yes. And you guys did some stuff at Christmas yeah. time too. And but I was going to say though, Brian, I sorry to cut you, yeah. but you guys are really good with community, especially like what I've been seeing, right? You guys yeah. are involved in the community a lot, which is awesome. You don't see that that much out there. Be like where I've seen you like always doing something, right? Your company branding is beautiful. I love right. the social media stuff too. So, which is awesome to have that, like seeing you doing something for community, like even though we were planning to do something too. So that was just awesome, right? When I called you like, yeah, like we'd love to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so next year we should definitely do something like that. Are you still yeah. doing like open houses and stuff? Yeah, a lot of our agents are, are getting out there again and that's how they're yeah. trying to build their business and getting out and yeah. doing open houses. And, and they're also trying to get out in the community and I've recommended they volunteer with this yeah. warehouse uh, Frost uh, Winter Festival coming up and just be part of even, not even Regina, but just our warehouse area and we're in and, and to be a part of the community and they are. And, but yeah, there's lots that we want to roll out. We want to roll out a relationship with a local charity that we're going to have our charity of choice this year. And oh, um, we've got some different fundraiser ideas and things yeah. we want to do. So that's um, awesome. I think that's, we've got to be good stewards of the community that we're representing that's supporting us. And we're working with people that want to live here and <laughs> we've got to make it a better city too, right? Make that's it a awesome. better product. Do you even yeah, sleep? So like, I don't even know how you manage no. all this. <laughs> like, no, like, I don't know. The ideas you just come up with. Like, I'm like, I listened, like last time we had a meeting, I went back. I'm like, okay, just to figure out this, it's going to take me weeks. <laughs> yeah. Bryn has this many ideas, which is like, that's awesome. Actually, well, I have some personal questions there. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. So let's just say like you're doing an open house this weekend, right? Yeah. You have to play one type of music uh, <laughs> to set the mood. Which one would Bryn play? Well, most of my playlists are country, but country, uh, okay. uh, <laughs> I can a lot see that. country. I like the song and writing. I like the stories in there. But with an eight-year-old daughter, I tend to have a little bit more, if you've heard of a band called AJR, yeah, they were at our yeah. conference today. I got addicted, but that happens to be some of the songs she's 
in uh, gymnastics as part of her routine her team is doing and so i really got into a guy named teddy swims that has been collaborating with a few people i saw him in yeah. vegas when we were down for a conference and, oh, and so awesome. i do gravitate a little bit left and right and <laughs> up the country and, uh, but so, uh that's the one that i just if something's going on it's usually that channel for sure so. awesome so if i come into your open house this week and i'll be listening to country music that's what you yeah, say the, probably <laughs> luke holmes or somebody like that so. awesome <laughs> yeah so like you know you have so many agents but and I know you guys do weekly meeting, but how do you stay up to date to like industry trends, yeah. right? Like the changes happening. What do you guys do for that? I think that's the beauty of still being an agent that's selling and so, getting out there myself that I can run in because I have to know some of that stuff too. So then I can take back and I always, what's neat is I'm looking at it from a broker's perspective. Now, every time I go out and there's a new forum or something, yeah. I'm like, yeah. then I can take that back to everybody and say, guys, I just did this or just saw this at a house and seeing this trend. But I think I was on the board of directors when they had a Regina Real Estate Board, when it was yes. Regina Real Estate Association. And I'm trying to make sure I'm still involved in some of that stuff. Awesome. I'm going to get on some committees probably. And it's all changed now with amalgamation to the Saskatchewan Association. But it's participating in those broker meetings. And there's a lot of communication that comes up. It's a lot to consume. But if you can, there's always some stuff there that's important, right? It's yes. all out there, but we get so busy that sometimes you skim over it and miss it. And, and I have a responsibility now to make sure 30 people have seen that. So, yeah. so at least I'm paying a lot more attention to that stuff now than maybe I would have, where I would have relied on my broker to pass on and weed through the stuff and just tell us the important stuff, right? Let's go. Yeah, exactly. So, and especially you still, still being involved, right? That's the biggest thing. So at least you're doing it day in and out. So you know what's going on too. So now you're just focusing, as you say, you now you're focusing. That's exactly what happened to me too. And I was just an agent. For me, it's like I was just doing deals. But now when I'm involved more, when I have to teach people, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure yeah. I'll write down everything. I'll go home. I'm like, okay, what happened there? Because <laughs> like, you want to make sure when really? you pass information is correct. Yeah. We have this new, the government of Canada put the new rule in on January 1, that yes. a two-year ban on non-Canadians yeah. buying residential property. Right? Yeah, We've had very little information until like a few days ago. And so now it's like, okay, now we need to weed through this. And, and how do we do this? And what forms do we need to fill out? So we've been kind of just going through that the last couple of days to make sure that we're on par there. So, yeah. for you, you would actually wait till the deal comes in maybe. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I need to make sure it's there in place, right? Yeah. If you had to choose one thing that you enjoyed the most being in real estate, what would that be? I really like the, I've met some great people and the hard part is keeping in touch with them after they've moved into their house. But yes, for like okay. that's my favorite part too. Yeah. You get to be like best friends with these people yeah, for like two yes. weeks. <laughs> I was going to say that is my favorite part too. Like, you know, what's yeah. the possession because you realize and the relationships you have built while you're going through the yeah. process. Like, and you don't get to talk to them. Actually, I just added last week, I have decided that I'm going to put two hours a month. And I know it's not too much, but I'm going to put two hours yeah. a month. And then I'm just going to pick up random, like, you know, my clients that I've yeah. done the deal with and I'm going to call them. Right. That's great. Yeah. Just to keep in touch and yeah. You lose track. And that's the beauty of Facebook. At least you can feel like even if you, you don't get the chance to get out and see them, at least you kinda of know that they've had a kid and or yeah. whatever, right? And and keep in touch. And and we usually most clients end up on Facebook with us by the time <laughs> it's done. And that's the part I really have enjoyed over the years. And yeah. you go to Costco and you run into my wife hates it because she's lived here her whole life. And I've only been in Regina for 25 years. Yeah. But I go to Costco and she can't get anything done because I'm stopping to talk. About you just know everybody. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So okay. what I was going to ask you, Bryn, when you have agents coming to you or clients coming to you, right? Any tips for negotiation for them? Yeah. You know, they can use it like clients, like what can they look for if they negotiate? First thing I always tell my clients is I call the realtor, right? I call somebody you want to work with, right? 
But is there any tips for the new agents that any negotiation skill or tips that you use? It's always tough because every transaction is different. Every buyer will say, well, how far can I get them down? Can I get 20 grand off this house? And every situation is so different where it might be a new listing or it might depend on how motivated somebody is. And sometimes you never know until you write an offer. Sometimes you get a counter offer, two, three thousand under asking price. And sometimes it's lower than you thought. Or And so there's lots of different ways to play the game. I've always had a lot of success going in at a fair price. Okay. Um, like maybe we can throw in some fake numbers, but if you had a house at 300, instead of going in at 375, yeah. and it's a brand new listing and the seller's frustrated now with you, yeah. and they're probably going to just counter at 295. Yeah. And then you go 285 and then back and forth, finally get the thing done at 293 or something, right? Yeah. But if you had just written the offer at 292 or 291 or something, yeah. Yeah. They might have just taken it. They might taking be like, well, it's not worth it to counter. Yeah. You know, and they came in strong. That's great. And then when you have a problem with the furnace at a home inspection, they're willing to work with you. Yes. Where if you've nickeled and dimed and now you want some more because there's something wrong with the house. Yeah. It's a lot harder to get something. So I've always had a lot of luck going in at a fair price. And it's hard to like, what's the perfect deal? And sometimes it's really what in the end, if everyone's informed about a house and a buyer's informed that this house might need new furnace in a few years or shingles in a few years and that they've done whatever inspections they can and got as much info as they can from the seller that they're just there's always going to be something wrong with the house and it's always going to have something wrong with it in three years too right but if you know what you're getting into and everybody's comfortable it's a great deal you know and you you feel like it's a good price right so i don't know if you're a golfer i'm not much of a golfer but i'm trying i'm trying to (laughs) last year was my first year so next year i want to grow so (laughs) it'll happen soon But I think our job is to be that caddy, the golf caddy. And we've been around the course a few times and we know that there's traps and there's hazards. And we know that when you're in this situation, you should swing up or swing down or use this tool. And that's really our job is to walk somebody through. But in the end, they're the ones that are buying the house and living in that house. And and so they're still the ones swinging the club. We just have to give them all the best information we can. And they're going to make the best decision they can at that time. Now things change and we've had houses have water in them and we've had water heaters leak and we've had roofs collapse or whatever. Right? Yeah. But it, if you go in just saying, okay, I made the best decision I could with the information I could. And at the time that was the best price we could get on that house. And it felt fair compared to what else we saw. That's great. You know, and one of the things you say, Brian, I saw you cut you, but that was like, I actually never thought about it, but you're right. If you going in, if somebody's listening for 300 and you'd be like, Oh, 270 or 260. And then you like, you know, like bargaining or like negotiating, but then you like whatever the price you decide. And then you go do home inspection and you find out more things that they're not going to budge because now they already have that taste. And they're like, no, like, you know, we already did what we did. Instead of you explaining to your clients that like, you know what, let's go in this one because that makes more sense. Right. And then if something comes out, then we can ask them for more. Right. That's really, really good advice because again, I've just seen it that where realtor, if the client says, Hey, like I'm going to go for 260 for that $300,000 house, they'll write the offer without yeah. realizing they're just making the listing people mad. And sometimes, especially in multiple offers, we've seen that they come in high and then they ask for 10,000 for this $2,000 thing. It was always part of the plan and you can see right through it. But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, if you're doing something and there is other offers in the table too, so guess what? Like, yeah. it's not going to work out. You're going to lose the offer. Right. Yeah. So you might have that buyer that says, like, we've looked at every house in town yeah. and we know that this house is only worth 270, but they're asking 300. Like, why can't we get it for 270? Buyer might be right. But because the seller, maybe they owe too much or maybe in their head, that's how much it's worth or they just wanted to try at 300 yeah. and they're a brand new listing. Sometimes, like, the seller, 
there's no rule that they have yeah. to sell to you for yeah. the price that you want to buy. In the end, sometimes you just have to wait for the seller to come to you. Yeah. Where if they've been up on the market for three days, they would be better off reducing it to two ninety five, to two ninety, yeah. to two eighty five, yeah. to two eighty, and, and eventually end. taking your two seventy. Yeah. But sometimes they just need some time to get there. So as a buyer, I think sometimes you just have to be okay yeah. saying no for now. And yeah. if it goes and someone else pays two ninety for it, just wait. Then they it. pay more than you were willing to. It doesn't mean yeah. that. You have to negotiate right now, right? So sometimes yeah. the, they need a lot of showings and a lot yeah. of feedback to tell them that they're overpriced <laughs> to eventually get to the point that they'll take your offer, right? So was, it's, that's the um, tricky part of an open market. Yeah. Sellers and buyers are offering it. It's not like you're selling PS3s and they everybody's selling them at this price and they have to sell it to you for that. Why are they not? There's no compete match will beat it by three percent rules or anything right so, yeah but it, and especially like you know when you own a house of course you think your house like and i'm one of them right like i actually i was talking to somebody and they're like you know this house like your type was sold for this i'm like no way like my house is worth this much <laughs> like what <laughs> and i was i was amazed because i thought my house was this much but it's now it's this much and especially the timing everything like if you would have bought a house six months ago eight months ago right and if you're buying it now of course, the price is not going to be, again, if the location is good, price is good, that makes sense. But I mean, what was happening like six months ago, eight months ago, not happening anymore, right? But again, yeah. my advice to people who are listening is look at the interest rate difference, what interest rate you were getting and what that house would have sold for six to eight months. I can tell you right now, you're still winning because the prices correction is way better than what they were selling before, right? So you're still getting that good price. Again, the interest rate is higher because I just did like what four calculations like just this week to like ex- show them that this is how much they're selling for houses like this, but this is how much the payments are and this is how much your interest you're paying in five years, right? And then every single one of them actually made more sense to buy it now, right? But mm-hmm. again, it's like, you know, they keep listening, but I get it too, where you were getting this payment where the payment difference is $1,000 more. It's like, oh, that, that's tough. <laughs> that is, oh, for sure. that is yeah. hard, right? I won't take more of your time, but thank you oh, so much right. for yeah. your time today. How do people find yeah, you? We're at coldwellbankerlocal.com. That's okay. where I kind of send everybody in. And we've got a whole list of our agents there and what we believe. And, and there's some videos about us. And where they might just see a blue and white sign around town. They're starting to pop up all over the place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So you're going to be seeing your face around Regina then. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Or thanks. just signs on the lawn, I guess. A lot of great agents out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, thanks again for your time today. And best of luck in your business. Yeah. Good luck with the podcast. It's been great so far. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Real Sask. Stay tuned and subscribe to Atif's channel to hear more about real estate in Saskatchewan.